Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Well, it's so good to see you guys here. I want to do this. Um, I know many of you, probably everyone in the room knows somebody who has been affected by COVID and maybe in the hospital. And I know I personally have... um, family that is fighting through um, some things. And so I just want us to come together in agreement and pray. Um, I want to say this, and I could easily just jump into the message this morning, but um, I was I was out of town this last week. We left last Thursday, just got back Thursday evening. And of course, while I'm gone all week, we're getting different calls that people are saying, hey, this person, they tested positive, this person got, and, and our hearts are just like, oh, we, we want to be home. We feel like we want to um, be in our community and, the, and with, with people who are hurting. And when I got into town, um, the script, a scripture in Romans 8 I believe it's 22, maybe 23, um, dropped into my spirit. And it says this It's something that we've used a lot, but it says all of creation is waiting and groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. Meaning this is that I believe that verse is saying that us as sons and daughters of God is that all of creation is waiting for us to be who we really are, to walk in the authority that Jesus gave us. And there is something about when the body of Christ comes in agreement with all of heaven and declares what heaven's declaring. Okay? And maybe you think, well, you don't know me. I'm not that significant. Let me tell you this is your significant. The Bible says that life and death are in the tongue. And I just want us to do this together this morning is that we would begin to declare God's will Right. And what is God's will? Jesus prayed on earth as it is in heaven. So what is God's will? God's will is on earth as it is in heaven. So this morning, I want us to declare heaven on earth. Can we believe for that today? Can we believe for that? Are you here today? Are you with me? I believe that we have this great responsibility and this great privilege of hearing God's voice and saying what he's saying. Reinhard Bonnke, he said this, he said, God's words in your mouth are just as powerful as God's words in his mouth. So can we just (laughs) this morning agree um, in expectation, in joyful expectation that we're going to see the miraculous, that I believe we're going to begin to hear good reports. Come on, can you believe that? Come on, can there, if there's anybody that's going to hope and who's going to believe, I believe it has to be us. Amen? So for us, we, this morning, we, we get to put on courage and we get to put on faith. And so if you feel like you've been living in a different mindset and reality, I believe the Lord's saying, hey, put on faith and put on my word and what I'm saying. You get to choose what you wear, right? 
And so, Lord, this morning, as your church, as your body, as your people, we thank you in this region for heaven on earth. I thank you, Lord, for healing. I thank you, Lord, that um, your desire is that we would have life and life to the fullest. So we speak over every family, over every individual, and we just declare the life of God filling their bodies, filling every part, filling their their uh, oxygen, filling their um, every part of their body. So we just thank you for full health in Jesus name. Right now, we thank you, Lord. We we declare the virus and sickness powerless in the name of Jesus. I just thank you, Lord, that even now that you are flooding hospital rooms, you are flooding bedrooms, Lord, that you are coming and breathing life. So we just declare today the healing power of Jesus in our region, in our hospitals, in our families. And I thank you, Lord, by your hand that you are touching and breathing a better word here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, come on. All right. I am glad you're here today, and I'm glad for those watching online that you are joining us. And um, all right, so today I am excited about what the Lord is doing, um, what his plan is for our city, for our region, for the surrounding area. And today, more than it is just a message, I believe that it is a declaration and it's an invitation for you to step into what God has for us as a church together. Okay? So y'all with me? So if you hear something good and your, your spirit resonates with it, feel free to say yes and amen, because I believe that um, there is something about agreement. It's not just for hype and just so it feels good, but it is. I believe some of you today, I'm just sensing this, you need to let your spirit live. You need to let your spirit live in a time like of worship where that our spirit should be alive to all that God is. Listen, he is our source. He is life. He is good. He is amazing. He's wonderful. And you have full free access to the God of all creation who loves you. This week, um, me and my wife, me and Austin celebrated 13 years of marriage. Um, we went to Northern California. We spent some time in a few different places, but we, our last few days, we ended up on the coast. And um, it was really cool. We, we got to, it's like on Austin's checklist to ride horses on a beach. And so we did it. And um, yeah, uh, my horse was a little crazy. Um, it was a little rebellious. And um, so I had to pull it in line. And so I was just, I was dreading the horse is just going to run the water. It's going to fall on me. It's going to, anyways, but we made it. It was all good. And then right after horseback riding, we got to go salmon fishing. So I know the men's fishing trip was awesome, and I was so jealous that I didn't get to go that I was like, I'm going to have to go salmon fishing. And so y'all should have seen Austin like reeling in the first fish, and she was ah, struggling and struggling, and it ended up being like a smaller fish, right? But then I was like, oh no, what if she catches like a really, gets a really big one on the line? Um, what's kind of, what is she going to do? And then she got a bigger one, and she did it like it was nothing. And so, um, so she's awesome. And so I just had to testify. We we uh, we left with a bunch of salmon fillets, and so um, so. Anyways, I'm I'm probably not going to share 
I'm joking. If you want, you want to come eat with me, you can. So I just felt like I needed to tell you that, um, sharing the experience, let you know where we were at. And um, we got to visit uh, Sunday morning while, while you guys were hearing from Pastor Nick, who did such a, an amazing job just um, delivering the word of the Lord. So thank you, Pastor Nick. And um, yeah, what the Pepo family is such a gift to the body, but while you guys were here, um, hearing, worshiping together and hearing a message, we, we got to go to a church in Redding, California called Bethel, which has just been a, a place for us that we have um, just the leadership there, the what the Lord's doing there has really been something that our hearts and spirits have connected with. And so it was cool to, to go and to encounter that. And um, oops, sorry. Um, I wanted to share this with you, though, is uh, we while we were there, me and Austin were in the foyer and one of their uh, staff had saw us and didn't know us, but he had felt like the Lord had put something on his heart for us. So he said, hey, will you guys come and sit with, down with me? I want to just share with you what I feel the Lord has. And we we're like, all right, awesome. You know, um, and it was 20 minutes worth and I'm not going to share 20 minutes worth. Um, but there was one thing that he had said is um, and he correlated it to even when Bethel Church began um, or when their pastors, Bill and Benny Johnson, started, he said that whenever they came and took their church over, it was a couple thousand people. And um, as they started, they really came with this hunger to receive revival in their city. And to see God do something new and fresh. And so for them, it became we're going after the presence of God and all that he has at whatever the cost. And really going after just what the spirit of God was doing and saying. And in that, um, they had they saw about 50 percent of um, the church who just said, like, hey, we. We're not like wanting to pursue the Lord like that or whatever the reason they saw their congregation drop about 50 percent. But it became this beautiful season for them as a church where they just really sought the presence of the Lord. And out of that birth, really, where they've seen revival in their city and it really has been a transformative work. And so this guy, he's, he's reminding of this. And he said um, he said that there is a same spirit on the community that you guys are in and where you care more about saying yes to the Lord than you do about the appearance of the way things look. And my heart leapt and rejoiced because everything inside of me has said, all I want to do is give the Lord my yes. If, if, you know, what I love about Abraham in the Bible is he went years and years and it went in his entire life without seeing the actual thing that God promised him happen. He was promised nations that would come from him. And at, and really for him, even after being 100 years old, the Lord said, I'm going to give you an heir. And he didn't have an heir. But it says this is that Abraham, by faith, believed the Lord. Abraham, by faith, left the place he had known his entire life to follow the Lord where he was going. And out of it would birth nations and ultimately be the people of God. And Abraham's yes I think to the Lord, it honored the Lord. His yes, even whenever it didn't look like, oh, here's, it didn't look spectacular, right? It didn't look like, um, it wasn't like Abraham said yes, and all of a sudden everything was just successful. 
all of a sudden, he's got everything the Lord ever promised him. But I believe Abraham believing the Lord, it looked like, Lord, I actually know that it is more important that I say yes to you than it is that I actually see what I'm saying yes to. Many times we, we live in a culture that we want everything quick. We, we, if we're hungry, we're going to drive through Chick-fil-A because they do it the best. And even though it's a huge line, they tend to move faster than all the little lines. And so we're like, anyways, I'm sort of joking, but it's true. Um, love everybody else, too. They're just, anyways. Um, but, but we like things quick. We don't like to wait. That's just our culture. Maybe you've been gifted with patience, and God bless you. We need you. Um, we need your voice. But we tend to want everything quick. And I believe even a lot of times that happens in the church. It's like, well, what's the quickest way to fill the building? And what's the quickest way to do this? And what's success? And, and I just believe that the Lord, um, what He is asking of us as His body is that we would say yes to him, whatever it looks like. Now, I believe this is when the presence of God comes and the glory of God comes because we've said yes to him. I believe it will fill rooms. I believe people are hungry for his presence, for the glory of God, because more than a good message could ever do or teach, the presence of God does so much more. Without words, the presence of God is teaching us how to be like Jesus. You know, Moses, he he told the Lord, he said, you've asked me to go and to lead your people into the promised land. And he said, but who are you going to send with me? How am I going to know you're with me? And the Lord replied this. He said, Moses, I'm sending my presence with you. I'm sending I'm sending my very presence with you to go before you. And Moses had this response. He said, "Okay." he said, I will not go without your presence. I will not go. I believe that the cry of the church has to become, Lord, we will not go without your presence. We cannot go without your presence. I believe no longer can it be about just trying to be. Look, it it is not about you just trying to be a better person and, and to just like get over Maybe your anger issue that all happens as a result of knowing Jesus and having and surrendering to him. Jesus said this. He said, if anyone desires to find their life, they have to lose it. He said, but if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. It's the upside down kingdom. It's the upside down kingdom. Is that it is this thing of like we a lot of times we are so wanting to make sure that we are okay and that we, we protect what's ours. And, and I get it. But there is something about the adventure of saying, Lord, you have my all. Like, I trust you. I give you everything. And I want to live that kind of life. And today, I'm, I, I believe that this is what the Spirit of God is saying, is that he is wanting us to lead us to, the, to true life, but a life that starts, the, the starting line is surrender. The starting line is surrender. We don't build up to surrender. We start with surrender. That's our starting point. And um, today, I... This is this is what was in my heart, and, and I don't know how far into points and all that I'll get because I just feel like I'm talking you to to you today, just sharing my heart. Is um, I, I want to share with you that my 
As, as pastor here, as, as, a, as a pastor in this community, my desire is not that we would just build a, um, a big church, okay? I, I love people, and I hope lots of people come and touch the Lord, but our, our goal here is the presence of the Lord. It is His whatever He wants. It is us that we are maturing into the people that He has always called us to be. That's the goal. It is, it is, why? It's because a couple of things is one, just obedience to him. But then two, is that as we become who we really are in him, it is how we effectively reach the community and the world around us. And Jesus said this, he said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It's who we're supposed to be. But I think a lot of times, you know, like I said this earlier, that you are significant. So some of you need to hear this is you are not insignificant. You are not a nobody and you're not less than anybody else. Is that I believe in the kingdom. Yes, it all looks different for us because there are different personalities, but there's one spirit, the spirit of God that is living in each one of us that empowers us to live the life that God's called us to. And, um, and so my, my heart for us as a church is that this wouldn't just be like, it wouldn't be about what just happens here, but what happens here is we seek the Lord. It, 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 what happens here is we are as together as a family, we are coming into agreement with what he's saying and what he's doing. We have come together to honor him and to love on him. But as we go and we're with our families, we're with our friends and the people around us, is that everything that the Lord has deposited in us, we are releasing in the earth. Maybe for you, this is a new message. Maybe you're like, hold on, what does that mean? It means this, the kingdom of God is that whatever he's feeding you, you're feeding other people. This isn't about us trying to come up with the next great plan for evangelism. This is about us, like as we simply become who he's called us to be, and, and as we begin to think like he thinks, the only thing that can happen is city transformation. Everything about the gospel, everything about Jesus is transformative. And so that's why it's impossible for you to really know him and not be transformed into his image. As you see him, you become like him. You become what you behold. Does that make sense? Is that why, why do we worship and we wait is because we are beholding him. We are believing that everything that we are supposed to be, just like Colossians chapter three says, it says that in him we find out who we are and what we're living for is you won't find your identity outside of encounter with Jesus. The Bible says that your life is hidden in Christ. Your true life is hidden in Christ. You won't find it anywhere else. But man, the life that there is, is you become like him. The life that there is, I believe um, each one of you, you were born for adventure. You were born to encounter um, the world in a way where you feel like, man, I am alive. I'm not just, my life isn't just mundane. It's not just like the, the every day it's the same thing. It's not just, I don't have just my checklist of, I go to school, I get my degree, I get my job, I get married, I have kids, I get the house, I get this. And, and I'm checking my list as, man, life is so much more. I pray that you get all those amazing things. But the greatest thing you'll ever do is become who the Lord called you to be from the very foundations of the earth. 
and who the world, what our city and our region needs is for us to become who the Lord called us to be from the foundations of the earth. Everything about the Lord is transformative. It is without, I'm not going to, this, I could fall into this hole and not get out once I go say this statement, but, um, you know, God created man, right? And he put Adam and Eve in a garden and the garden was named Eden. My little girl's name's Eden. Eden means delight. And so God put man in a garden called delight and they walked with the Lord. They had everything they needed. And what they were called to was to tend what they had been given. It was to grow and to tend to what they've been given. And when sin came and we saw them kicked out the garden and what happened was it became this place from complete dependence on the Lord to finding out how to do it on our own. And I believe humanity went on this journey of finding out that we needed God, that we needed him. And even the Ten Commandments, they are completely right and holy, but they were there to remind us that we needed a savior. They were there to remind us that we can't do this without him. We can't we can't be good enough on our own. And so but I believe that everything that the gospel is that Jesus going to the cross, it has it has been getting us back to the garden life because it's in the garden where we found how, where we walk with God. It's in the garden that it's not us just trying to figure out what we're doing. It's actually that God has given us the thing to tend. He has given us what we're called to. We're no longer looking for what we're called to. He, we, he's placed us there. That's where he's getting us back to. So many of you, maybe you struggle with, well, what am I called to and who am I? As I believe this is first the Lord saying, I want, you to, I want you to learn dependence on me. I want you to learn to just come and walk with me. I want you to learn to trust me to put you in the garden that I've made for you and that you just you live from a place of rest and just doing what I've called you to. So I'm going to climb out that hole really quick. You are significant. Ephesians, I want to encourage all of you, go read the book of Ephesians. If you're like, hey, I don't, I, I want to read the Bible, I don't know where to start, go start in Ephesians. Ephesians is this book where Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus, and so much of it is he is telling them who they are in Christ. This is who you are. I believe today that some of you need to be reminded of who you are. It's easy to forget who you are. It's easy, isn't it? Can't like one thing happen, one mistake, one hiccup, and all of a sudden your world crashes in? Doesn't that, isn't that terrible? Anybody? Like, okay. Like, it, it's easy just to get thrown off course. It's easy. One moment you're like, I am a child of God. I'm no longer. And then the next moment you're like, I'm a loser. I'm a, you know, and, uh, I don't know if I'm a child of you. You're like, I don't know what I am. I'm a mess up. I've screwed up. And, I've, and But I believe that the Lord is wanting to solidify some things in your heart. That even whenever you do something that's like, it's not what you feel like, you, you know you shouldn't have done it. You, your response is no longer to get out of whack. Your response is, you know what? That's not who I am. That's not who I am. I am a child of God. And because I'm a child of God, 
I'm not going to do that. You see, your breakthrough and your freedom is completely found in identity. Your identity doesn't come from you, well, I had this great breakthrough and now I know who I am. No, you find out who you are and then you'll begin to find yourself walking out who you really are supposed to be. So, I believe that it is paramount that we are becoming who the Lord has made us to be, that that's the journey. So how do you become who you are? Is one, you, you surrender to Jesus. You surrender to His Spirit. You have His Spirit come living inside of you. Okay? And I believe that the reason that we need to come into identity is because I believe that the Lord wants to release His kingdom through your life in the earth. What would it look like for what, what would city, what would regional transformation look like in our, in our, in our region? What, what would it look like? What is God's, can I ask this question? What is God's will for our region? Like, what is God's will for your family? What is God's will for our government? What is God's will for our school system? I believe God's will is heaven on earth where He rules and reigns, what God desires. He is a God of peace, righteousness, and joy. I believe those are the things that begin to mark our community. But I want to say this is, who's going to believe for that? Who is, is that going to happen? How does that happen? I believe that it's right for us to say, that's what we believe for, and that's what we want. But have we even allowed ourselves to begin to dream for that? Y'all with me? Like, I know this is, like, I am, for me, I'm asking the Lord, expand my thinking and give me creative ideas because I, I just believe that the church should be affecting the community. I don't believe that it should be just the community, that the church is just reduced to whatever is going on in the community. I believe that the church should begin to elevate the community. I, be, I, I believe that it should be the church in every place of influence, that we are the ones that are bringing create, creative ideas, that we are bringing health, that we are bringing life. And so, again, it is paramount that we know who we are in Him so that we can release Him in the earth. And so I just want you to know is that my heart is saying like here we are going to seek the Lord in his presence and we are going to allow him to equip us to become everything that he's called us to be. But as he's doing that and as we go, I believe that he wants to use each one of our lives, maybe in different ways, to begin to influence and impact the community around us. Because I believe the Lord is saying over, to you, over you today that you are significant because of who He is in you. Some of you, the Lord wants to give you ideas for our schooling system that change and transform it into something that others look at and say, that's how it's supposed to be done. Some of you, the Lord, maybe he's calling you to government and he's calling you to place of leadership, but because you felt insignificant, you haven't initiated it. But the Lord is wanting your identity found in him. And then he gives you the creative idea. This is who you are. And you begin to walk in it. Why not? Right? Why not? Why couldn't we be a people that believe that when Jesus prayed, the prayer in Matthew 5 where he said, Father, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Why wouldn't we be people that say if Jesus prayed that, we should pray it too. And we should make ourselves available to be conduits of his kingdom coming to the earth. 
And maybe in the room you say, well, I'm just not there. Well, I'll say this. Give yourself to the presence of the Lord. Give yourself to him and say, Lord, you know me. You made me. You created me. You know where significance lies in me. And I just ask that you would bring it out. Amen. Really quick. Um, let me read this. Romans 8, chapter 14. And then I'm going to give you a few points and then we're going to wrap up. And most likely we're going to continue to talk about this for another week or two. Cool. Y'all good? This should be exciting. Look, I, I'm just declaring today is that we are stepping into an era of seeing city transformation. Amen. I'm just declaring it. That's what we're stepping into. And I'm encouraging you and I'm calling to you saying you have a part to play. You have a role and it might not look like anybody else's. And that's why we need you to know who you are. And we're committed to this. This is why I, again, I, I'm, I'm saying this over and over. This is why we're committed to having prayer on Wednesday nights, to worshiping, uh, to, to on so, any time we gather, whenever we have hearing from God classes and we are equipping the body, everything we're doing is leading towards this, seeing you growing into the fullness of who you are in him and equipping you. That is the role that is as a pastoral staff. That is our, what we are committed to is to see you mature into who you're supposed to be, because we believe that the gospel and the kingdom is transformative and it's supposed to touch our region. Amen. Awesome. Romans eight, verse 14, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Can you say, I'm an heir? Okay, so what are you an heir of? It says you are an heir of God. Wow. You are an heir of God and co-heirs with Christ. Do, do any of you in the room feel like you're walking out the fullness of that inheritance? Yeah, that's awesome. Is I, I want to tell you this. If you feel like, man, I'm an, I, I've been living that out, I want to tell you there's more. There's more. Your, your inheritance is better than you could ever think. And it's more than you could ever know. And it is our great privilege to seek out all that God has for us. And so I'm reading that to you today to say this is you're not a nobody. The moment that you surrendered to Jesus and his spirit came and lived in you, you, your new identity became that you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You've been adopted into the family. That word adoption, they really pull that from Roman times where if there was a, a person of influence and authority that did not have an heir, they would go and that they would find an orphan or someone and they would bring them in as an heir. And they were an heir of not just stuff, but they were an heir of authority. And so that's what it looks like for you. You have been brought into a family and you are an heir of every spiritual blessing in heavenly places that you can read. You can read about that in Ephesians, but you are also an heir. You have been given an inheritance. You have been given authority. 
And that's why even this morning when we come together and we say, you know what, it's important what we're speaking is because you have authority in the spiritual in the spirit realm. You have authority to speak to things and to see things happen and to see things move. And we speak by the spirit of God. We speak from the love of God and the goodness of God. The word of God is not speaking destruction over our city. He's not speaking death. Jesus said it's only the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you'd have life and life to the fullest. So you can know this is if you feel in your heart that you are to declare life, that most likely you are declaring what the Lord's declaring. All right. Some of you, this might be all new to you, but it's for you and it's truth. It's who you are. And today I'm just wanting to call you higher. Wanted to call you higher. I want to give you really quick some ingredients for city transformation. All right. If you like to cook, you know, like, you know, we're in the South. We cook good. A gumbo, there's lots of ingredients, right? And, uh, and so I've got a few, there's, there's, there's many ingredients and we'll probably unpack them over the next couple of weeks, but I just want to run through a few that I, 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 I thought about. Okay. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Okay. And, and this is what we're going after. Number one, there is value for the presence of God. There's value for his presence. There's value for saying, God, we love you. We want you. So what that looks like, it looks like worship. It looks like repentance. It looks like holiness, the presence of God. That's what that produces in us. I'll unpack that more in the coming weeks. Number two, it looks like life in the spirit. Meaning this is that I just read in Romans eight for all those who are led by the spirit are children of God. It's a life led by the spirit of God. The deposit of the very same spirit that Jesus has, he released his spirit into our lives as a gift so that we could be led into all truth. Right. So that he could actually um, I'll do this. This is what life in the spirit looks like. It looks like in Galatians five, there's the fruit of the spirit. Right. You can go read it. The Holy Spirit inside of you as you surrender to him. He is producing the fruit of the spirit in you, the very nature of God in you. The second thing is life in the spirit. There are the gifts of the spirit. You can read in first Corinthians chapter 12, the different gifts of the spirit talking about um, healing, prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. You can read about that. That's one of the ways that the body of Christ is encouraged is through the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us to encourage one another. Last one is that in John 16, 13, Jesus says, and when he comes, the spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. The spirit of God in you, he teaches you, he leads you into truth. You can actually ask him questions and he will lead you. He is a comforter to you. He is a friend to you. He's a really good leader. So second ingredient ingredient of city transformation, it is that the people of God are people that are led by the spirit of God. Okay. Number three, which we hit on is there are sons and daughters of God, meaning that identity, our identity is secure in Christ. All right. The kingdom of God is released in the earth through sons and daughters who are secure in who they are and the authority they've been given. Number four, courage to obey calling. It means, man, I, I am a, I know who I am in Christ. I'm being led by the spirit and he is beginning to reveal to me what he's called me to. Oh, he's called me to this. 
He's called me to the homeless, and guess what? I can believe him that he's going to give me the strategy to do that, and that's how I'm affecting my community. Man, God's called me. He's called me to family. He's called me to speak into the lives of families. Well, guess what? The Lord's going to give me a word for that. He's going to mark my life in a way where I do it. And so as you begin you begin to, as, as the Lord puts things on your heart, you're not just waiting to say, okay, God, just open the door. But as he shows you who you are, you're like, you know what? It's a green light until it's a red light. That's how the kingdom works. If you've been waiting for the Lord, it's a green light. And guess what? If it gets to the place where it's not supposed to be, the Lord will put up a red light and you'll know, oh, I need to stop. The Lord leads you in peace. So I want to release you today in this is that if you know the Lord's calling you to something, but you've just been waiting, it is a green light until it's a red light. All right. So number four, courage to obey calling. I'm going to unpack that more because I've got some good stuff. Um, Number five, and this is where we'll end. Number five, creativity and influence in the different facets of our community. As I believe that when you begin to see the body of Christ operating in creativity, I believe um, the Lord raises, is going to raise. I, I just want to prophesy this is that I believe out even out of this house, the Lord's going to raise up songs and music. He's going to raise up dance. He's going to raise up things that begin to influence the creative um, culture in our community. Amen. And I believe that it's going to be attractive to the communities that surround us. I'm so glad that you came today. I really am. I want us to respond to the word of the Lord today. Is maybe for you, you're at a place where you just say, listen, I, I'm at the starting line. I need to surrender to the Lord. Awesome. That's such a good place to be. Um, maybe you're like, I've, I need to, I'm, I'm, I'm learning my identity. Awesome. We all are. Right? Maybe you're like, I know what I've called, been called to, but I've just been waiting on the Lord. I believe today the Lord wants to give you clarity, and he wants you to know it's a green light. Don't wait for the stars to align. Just go for it. Go for it. Go, do, go for something in the Lord. Let him show up in your life. Let him prove himself to you in his faithfulness. Some of you just learned to be who he's made you to be. Some of you have been trying too hard, and the Lord's like, learn to rest in me. Learn to like, not, you know, busyness is artificial significance. Busyness is artificial significance. When you know what the Lord is saying and what he's doing, you don't feel like you have to be busy. You have an aim and you have a mark and you say, this is the thing I'm going towards. People without identity, people without, or with people without calling, and people without a calling are a people that are busy with very little fruit. And I believe today that the Lord is wanting you to rest in your identity in Him. He's wanting to show you how much you are loved, how much, look, He loves you so much that he didn't just die on the cross, say, I forgive you, now figure it out. He didn't just die on the cross and say, now I can at least put up with you. Jesus died on the cross so that there was a path made for you to walk in identity and inheritance and calling. And it's freely yours. It's freely yours to step into. And I believe our community needs that demonstrated. And so today, can we step wherever you're at? I'm encouraging you to fully step into those things.
Step out of feeling like you are less than. Today, the Lord says you have access to him. You have access to all that he has. So Lord, we come to you this morning and I thank you for your people. I thank you for every person here and watching online, every person under the sound of my voice. I just thank you, Lord, that you are releasing them from feelings of inferiority where they feel less than. I, I just thank you that you are releasing them from shame and guilt that has held them where they've been. I thank you that you are causing your church and your body to be released in freedom, to be who they are made to be and to do what they were called to do. So we thank you, and I thank you as your church steps into it, Lord. I thank you for the transformation that we are seeing in our city. I thank you that this is not just about us. This is about the people around us. And so I thank you right now that you are releasing creative ideas. You are releasing hope. Lord, like you gave Joseph a dream that marked his life. It even enabled him to walk through hard things. Today, I thank you that you are releasing dreams in people's hearts. You are causing them to see themselves the way you see them. Them, to see themselves as washed by the blood of Jesus, as being adopted into the family, and as being the ones who are called by King Jesus to live a significant life. So we just release that in the room today. We release joy and peace and freedom right now in Jesus' name. Today, I bless you. I bless your lives. I bless your family. I bless our community with health in Jesus' name. Lord, we worship you. We love you. And we bless you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.